Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Point out the colors of you I see them too And boy, I like them I like them I like them We way too fly to partake In all this hate We out here vibing We vibing We vibing Alexa, play Ariana Grande Okay With Amazon Music A voice is all you need Get tens of millions of songs Download the Amazon Music app today Friday Detroit DOD cast. You just caught us while we've been sitting here, sipping on expensive waters and uh, enjoying the cool breeze. As it were, we are the Pride of Detroit POD cast. POD stands for Pride of Detroit. It's the words of podcast. We are your Detroit Lions podcast. I am Chris Perfett, the adequate host at Chris Perfett, P-E-R-F-E-T-T. Doesn't need much explanation. Jeremy Reisman, the fearless leader, back with us again now that he has crossed the country in haphazard style calling in now from somewhere in the north of detroit hello jeremy hello thanks for having me back guys can i can i talk about last week's episode for a bit real quick well yeah sure you can real quick but let's get in ryan matthews back is the rock guy. at ryan underscore pod howdy ryan let's let the wonderful people at home hear your voice first uh hello hi Happy All right, to be now, back. Thanks for having me back, Chris. <laughs> you're always back, except for that one time you broke your streak. Rock Lesnar and myself. Go ahead, Jeremy. Yeah, Great segue. Uh, number one, just because I'm sure everyone was yelling it at the podcast last week, Yannick Ngakwe. Okay. <laughs> okay. Two, Fart noises forever. Two. I'm always blamed for going long on these things. Last week's episode was like the longest in three months. Just want you to we, know that. Mostly just because we took like a bunch of time on the mailbag, I think, wasn't it? That mailbag alone was like 30 minutes. We had we just had fun with that mailbag, though. You know what? So it's not fun when I'm here. I got it. <laughs> you said it. You said it. <laughs> well, you're the boss. Who has fun with their boss? I'm I'm like Michael Scott though. I'm the fun boss. Don't do this. Perfect. Perfect. Anyway, we're we've got a great show for you today. Tight ends for list on your wonderful, wonderful list cast. The top ten tight ends, the tightest of ends. And then we are going to have Wayback Machine to another Lions game from 2017. We are almost closed out on that season. I think we're getting in the home stretch. I think it's the Browns this week. It's Ryan's team. Yeah, Ryan's old team. My old team. 
Yeah, he gave it up after 2017. <laughs> although, was they, it they, although now they have my new team's former quarterback, so I might be back on board. I don't know. We'll see. These these politics are more complicated than the the Holy Roman Empire. Uh, to start us off, though, first off, happy birthday to this week to Barry Sanders. He is turning 50. We just talked about him on the last episode, did we not? He is turning 50 now, the old gray machine behind the Detroit Lions. It's I don't crazy. know if he's it's crazy that he's 50. You never thought he'd live this long, huh? No. I mean, I thought he would retire from life before then. That's got really, dark. That's that's, that's <laughs> really grim. Holy God. I, I'm not letting you. I'm, I'm sorry. This this is what Michigan has done to me. The skies are gray. I, I'm I'm emo now. I'm I'm reverting back to my high school days here. Okay, we'll go home. We don't want you. I'm gonna start doing poetry again. He's gonna be listening to you're gonna get in the car again? with him, Ryan, to go out to like Sweetwater, and he's gonna be listening to 89X. I, you know what? I wouldn't be mad if he turned on 89X, but then I'd also still be I, that. That would be another warning sign. I, I'd definitely you be turn on 89X, doing... and then Dashboard Confessional will come on, and he'll crack. Oh, yes. How could this happen to me? Oh man, I'm making gains right now just hearing Jeremy sing. <laughs> Our workout beast there, Ryan no. Matthews, the rock god. We've uh, done everything but talk about Barry Sanders so far. <laughs> See, Jeremy wanted to talk about it. Now I've got nothing to talk about. He's 50. Hooray. All right. As far as news for the team roster, I do want to talk about this, is that we did see Ezekiel Ansah. He's now on up to the franchise tag, and he is not he's not expected to come to a long-term agreement with the Detroit Lions. He's going to play one year with Detroit 20, 2018, and then he will hit the free agent market. I think people saw this coming. I know we've talked about it before, but... I, I, I don't think I've gotten Jeremy's opinion as far as what this means for the team overall. Well, I mean, like you said, this was expected. The Lions were in a tough spot. They can't really commit to a guy who can't see the field, you know, very often in his past two years. They can't commit to a guy like that long term, but they're also in a position where now they have to pay him $17.1 million this year. And going forward, it, it's really interesting. I It's hard to see a scenario to me in which Ezekiel Ansa is on this team in 2019, because if he has a fantastic year, that means he's hitting the free agency market at his peak. And even though he's going to be 30 entering 2019, he's he's going to have a lot of value because good, you know, edge rushers aren't on the market that often. You see them get franchise tag. You see them get long-term deals very often. So if he has a really good year, that means he's going to get a ton of money and it might not be in Detroit. If okay, he has a really he, bad year, then why would Detroit want him back? He's 30 and he's clearly on the down low. If, if he struggles with injuries again, you just can't risk bringing a guy like that back. Even though this team has very few pass rushers on the roster, you can't risk it on a guy like that next year. Sure. But I mean, this, this is where, this is where I start to break up when it comes to Ezekiel Ansah. Even if he has a good year, that will be like what two good years he has had on record as a pass rusher. So I'm just, I mean, me, there, there's, there's a couple where he's had decent years, but I just, I can't look at him and think of him as any kind of top edge rusher. And I know like it's, it comes up with the ideas like, okay, I get it. The cupboard's bare. There's no other edge rushers or any good defensive ends after Ezekiel Ansa. But I mean, we've had, I don't know how many, a couple of drafts now where the Lions have just refused to draft at that position. 
and they've had options there for edge rushers if they want it. So I, I don't have anyone to blame but themselves at this point if they're saying, well, they, you know, we have no other option but to try to you know, put Ezekiel Ans on a one-year franchise tag and hope that he does well. It is. Um, but I, here, here's what I believe. Uh, Ansa and the Lions are in the situation that I think both of them need to be in. Ansa has every opportunity now to prove that he's worth a long-term contract. Uh, the Lions are going to get the best answer that they can possibly get because if it's another injury-riddled season, guess what? Maybe the Lions will be able to snag them at a discounted rate if they still want to, you know, keep on, you know, uh, spinning the tires on this thing. But at, at this point, I think in Ansa's career, like he hasn't proven that he's been able to be healthy over the past two seasons. I mean, and if he makes it year number three. How how can anybody, you know, invest any serious money in him? Like we saw Jason Pierre Paul get four years sixty-two million from the Giants just last season for a contract um that he signed as a you know, he was he was a free agent. And my guy uh, there's some that's, fingers. That's that's an awful lot of money. Like, I mean, could you sell anybody could you sell anybody on Lions Twitter right now for Ezekiel Ansa for four years at sixty-two million? No with chance. A Twenty million dollars. I, I can't. I can't do that. No, absolutely not. No. Well, my no, my no. question. My question is, what does Ezekiel Ansa have to do this year to earn that trust back? I mean, he can play sixteen games. Does he have to what get another fourteen and a half sack season, and then suddenly like, okay, I guess he's good. I guess he's fine. Does that really eliminate all the worries you have of him? No, not for me. Not no. for me at no. all. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I'm at the I'm at the point with Ansa where. Like, like, you know, Chris said, the, the cupboard may be barren, but it, that's fine. You know, when, when I was looking at the Lions cap situation, and I know Ansa's playing on this, um, you know, one year, $17.1 million contract, but the Lions have like $14 million, or they have 14%, 14% of their cap invested um, in defensive ends alone. Like, there's no way that you can rationalize saying that the Lions should be spending that much cap on their defensive ends. And it, I think this goes into a lot of the unknowns. Um, seeing how Ans is going to play, seeing the role he's going to play in Matt Patricia's defense, like, I think that's going to go a long ways towards a lot of people getting an understanding of, okay, what does Patricia need out of his defensive ends? Is it going to be able to be accomplished by, you know, guys like Zettel or Hyder, depending on how he comes back? Like, are we going to be able to get by with guys who are like, you know, just passable and rotational? Or do we truly need to finally get another pass rusher? And I just don't think that that guy will even be on. So if he has another 15, 16 sack season. No, I am convinced that person has to come from the draft. It has to come from the draft at this point, because you've, you've, they've, they've, it, it has to, you have to invest some draft capital and a pass rusher for your future. How many how many how many elite pass rushers Jeremy like really get passed off from one team to another one and they maintain like that elite level status? Like I Almost I just never. can't think that yeah, I just can't think that there's there's a ton really. And here's the thing like I mentioned this earlier in the offseason, Matt Patricia, Bob Quinn, they don't have a history of of going all in on big edge rushers. Like they they've had a couple in their career but they just don't do it. The thing to me that's missing, though, is that big nose tackle, that big Vince Wilfork type. And, you know, we all love Ashawn. We we don't know what the Lions have in Sylvester Williams, but I don't think they have the guy that can compensate for mediocre pass rushers in the middle yet. And 
if that's the the path that the Lions are going to go, maybe we see them draft defensive tackle early last, next year. Or maybe maybe they change things up. Maybe they do get a, a, a premier edge rushers. But either way, it, it's it's just hard for me to see Ziggy as, as part of this team's future beyond this year right now. All right, I think that's enough Lions news there. We are going to move along here. Jim Brandstatter is no longer with the Lions Radio Network. His place in color commentary, he will no longer be doing this alongside Dan Miller. Lomas Brown is your new color guy on WJR and the Detroit Lions Radio Network. Uh, Before we get into Lomas Brown, who's great, who's been reaching out to us on a few things and uh, expect some news down the pike as we kind of wiggle our way into his ear. And I hope he's listening to us. Hello, Lomas. I sat in your seat one year at Taste the Lions and people joked that I was you. So uh, the resemblance is uncanny. You can't tell the two of us apart. Either way, Jim Brandstatter, I mean, I I don't know of too many other guys, though, in the industry who got to do what Jim was doing, which was because he is the play-by-play guy from Michigan Wolverines football, but then he was color for the Detroit Lions. Yeah. And I, don't, I I think that's why the news was so shocking to a lot of like, people. It's just usually, like, he's so yeah, ingrained in Detroit sports radio. You're, you're usually, I mean, more right. than that, you're usually specialized. You usually come from a broadcast background, play-by-play, and you're a former player as color. And, I mean, he was a former player, but that he got to do both was pretty was pretty interesting in my book. And I think he's going to, is he still going to be doing play-by-play, though, for Michigan? Yep, okay. no plans okay. to, to lose that job. Um, yeah, I, I guess I, I don't really have any strong reactions to this news other than it, it's just surprising. I mean, this guy's been doing it since I was one year old. And so uh, a changing of the guard like that when it's not the decision of the man himself is shocking. Like, that doesn't happen very often. Usually when you've been doing it for that long, you get to leave on your own terms. And so I think that's why there was a, a very negative reaction. I don't have a lot of personal experience listening to him on the radio. I don't like listening to football on the radio. Back in the day, sometimes when I was at games, my my dad liked to have like the little headsets and he would listen to the radio instead of, you know, just, you know, watching the game itself. I wasn't really a big fan of that. So I I don't have an opinion on Jim Brandstatter in terms of how he was at his job, but it's always sad to see a a, a longtime guy go. I mean, I, I used to, in Toledo, I used to be the board operator for those Detroit Lions radio broadcasts coming into town. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think the the big surprising, I think the big thing though, is just, it seems like they want Lomas Brown mostly because he he's, he's a Lions name out there. As we just said, the archetypes of play-by-play and color is you get a former player and especially for these NFL broadcasts, a lot of it is coming down to, did you play for the team? Lomas Brown did. Jim Brandstetter did not. He played for, you know, the University of Michigan, but I don't remember. I don't think he really had much of a, uh, I don't think he had a pro career at all, did he? Does not look like he did. Yeah, I don't think so. And yeah, I, I'm I'm interested in to think, in, into figuring out exactly the, the thinking behind this, because it could be, you know, the whole former player thing. I, I don't know why you make that change necessarily right now and don't wait for, you know, Brand Satter to, to leave on his own terms. Maybe it's a move to get younger. You know, you, you have kind of an elder guy and, you know, NFL's trying to to kind of, I, I think the NFL in general is, is, is struggling to find that new generation of fans because 
you know, basketball's taking a lot of that away from that. We, we've talked plenty of times how basketball seems to be growing I, at a much better pace than I, football I see, is. I see that, but I think when it comes to radio in particular, like some people do like kind of the old timer guys. I'm, I'm not saying that's yeah. Jim Brandstatter, but like right. I mean, he was working there for 30 years. But like, I know for me growing up a lot, around a lot of college football, I can't tell you how many people I met who loved Vern Lundquist. And yet right. young people loved Vern Lundquist and did, had like no opinion of younger broadcasters. Yeah. So like when, when you get to be that big name for it, but I, I think, I think it's more than anything. It It is, you know, you want the former player in, you want, you know, the, the experience that Lomas would bring. Uh, it's a demographic thing too. I, I, I would say as well. If we're kind of shifting the focus to Lomas here, it's worth noting that like he's been super close to the organization since he's, you know, retired from his playing career. He's been around Detroit in terms of, you know, he and Tori Petrie had a podcast. Um, he, you know, he's there at all the alumni events. He, he's someone who definitely knows the team and makes, oh, yeah, sense, sure. makes yeah. complete sense as, as a hire. Sure. Like, I mean, he's, he's played, he played with the lions for 10 years. So, I mean, he's one of those guys you can point to from, yeah the 90s when they were that team that you know it it's not the team for a lot of young people but it definitely was a team for some of their fathers yeah so so do you think that everybody's real beef with this just basically comes down to like the bucking of the status quo like i don't know if it's really much of a beef again i think people are divided on jim brandstatter but i think think a lot of people in our comment section were really up in arms even on twitter there are a lot of people who are like facebook i mean i i know i know the people who frequent those types of places but those are the people who do listen to the radio and do and do you know appreciate jim brandsetter and they kind of appreciate that quote-unquote tradition though and i think that they they were very vocal about how upset they were that brandsetter was gone yeah again usually if you're working at the same place like that for 30 years especially in broadcast and get to leave on your own terms do you, so. do you have any personal experience with listening to him on the radio ryan for sure. I, I think I, I spent a lot of time on the road uh, traveling around like Southeast Michigan when um, when I was young and I was playing hockey. Uh, and usually most oftentimes we had a lot of Sunday morning games. So like Sunday morning games would, you know, transition right into coming home at around, you know, 1230, one o'clock and uh, at least catching, you know, the first quarter, maybe the first half on the radio. So there was a lot of times I listened to listen to football on the radio and I actually do like listening to football on the radio just just because I think it is one of those things that I grew up with so I think that's maybe where you know Jeremy you spent like more time at games and you weren't you know so in tune with the whole radio thing it's just kind of one of those ways that you're brought up so I think that's why I am kind of partial to like the radio um I'm kind of partial to the radio in all senses, though, too. I mean, obviously, the superior way is to just watch it on television. But um, hockey games, like listening to Wings games, listening to Ken Cal, um, listening to, you know, uh, Blaha on the radio for the Pistons when they're on national television, uh, all that stuff was, I mean, it it, it kind of taps into that nostalgia. Back I mean, yeah. there's definitely that nostalgia, too. Like, I mean, just, just even thinking about who Brandsatter's partner was, it was Mark Champion before it was Dan Miller. Mark Champion, one of those... Right like probably one of the legends when it comes to, I mean, a lot of legends when it comes to broadcast world in Detroit, take your pick with, you know, all the other most, mostly in, you know, broadcast television news, but Mark champion was definitely just a, a, a a radio voice. And 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 the one thing, I mean, he's doing Pistons games now. Right. Yep. 
And then the one thing that makes Detroit Lions Radio unique is that it's the only local voice that you get live because on TV for basketball, for hockey, for baseball, you have local commenters. You don't get that for the NFL. So I, I think there it, that Detroit Lions radio has a special place in, in Detroiters hearts. And it, it's, I mean, we, we love it too. Like we post the best radio clips uh, of, of each highlight every week uh, during well, the season. You hear it even on like ESPN and NFL network highlights too, because they yeah. realize that passion in radio is more poignant than, you know, who you get from like the C team from CBS or Fox on any, on any given Sunday, you get, you're right. going to have those voices, not just with the lions. Like, yeah, I've heard Dan Miller out there, but I'll absolutely hear like the guys from the Ravens radio network or what have you, if it's their highlights. So yeah, radio still plays that role. And I've always advocated for audio. I mean, hell you're listening to a podcast right now, folks, you are, you are able to listen to this and drive a car or operate machinery, hopefully safely, or maybe read, or maybe just garden, or do any, or jog, or do something else. This work thing, out like Buff Ryan over there. Work out like Buff Ryan, absolutely. Radio mm. is lightweight in that regards. You do not have to stop what you are doing to put aside radio, unless you are really trying to focus. You don't have to stop like you would with video. Stop whatever you're doing. You can keep listening and go about your day, and that's what I liked about you know, radio and even still listening to the NFL on the radio, even though it's a very complex thing to do. Absolutely. It's not like baseball. All right. Yeah. Well, let's take a break here and move on to our list cast. Shall we? That's a lot of radio talk, but you know what? We love the radio. You love audio. You're listening to a podcast right now. You can't see our mugs. You're not going to be able to, we're not going to allow you, nor do we provide a transcript for this. So you know what? You're going to have to listen like you do the radio. We'll be right back. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Help! Our family's going to a big football game this weekend, and I want to get us on the Jumbotron in some fresh new styles. Sprint over to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, Old Navy's giant thank you event is happening now. Get 30% off your purchase or 40% off when you use or open an Old Navy credit card at Old Navy or OldNavy.com. 40% off? Wow, that's a huge score. Better hurry. It ends Sunday. Time to huddle up and head to Old Navy. High Fashion, Old Navy. Valid 926 to 930. Excludes in-store clearance, register lane items, gift cards, jewelry, today only, and two-day only deals. 40% offer subject to credit approval. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. All right, let's start our list cap. List cast time. Stepping it back from that weird esoteric talk about what radio is and the passion of radio and all the rest. To do what we do best with this wonderful form of radio that we bring you. To sit here and list guys off repeatedly. It's list cast, baby. And we have now the top 10 tight ends for the 2018 NFL season. We are predicting these will be your top 10 by the end of the year. And if they, we are wrong, 
we face absolutely no consequences whatsoever, and you'll probably forget <laughs> anyway. That is the nature of NFL predictions. No consequences. Yeah, absolutely none. Can't even send us off to freezing cold takes because I'm going to probably block those bastards again. Had a boy. I don't. I preemptively block them just so I don't let people do that ish to me. I'm not about that life. Anyway, we had fun last week without Jeremy. Jeremy, what what do you what do you make us of our pass rushers from last week? I think it ended on a perfect note. <laughs> <laughs> what would what would that be? Like Ryan not recognizing Aaron Donald or? Yeah, well, just mass confusion over whether you were listing off pass rushers <laughs> or edge rushers. Very on brand. Yep. We killed it, Chris. That's what the boss is saying. He Ooh. said we did a good job. Completely on brand. All right. Let's go right ahead. And oh, 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 okay. Someone else is going to have to take uh, 10, 9. Let's do, yeah, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6. Go through the bottom pretty quickly if we can. Uh, someone else is going to have to start because I just looked at my list and realized my number 10 is list, is missing. So I have to go and find where Perfect. I put it. I can start. Unless yep. Jeremy, is that fine? It's all you, baby. All right, here we go. Let's let's run through these. Number ten, I have OJ Howard. Uh, interesting scenario they have there in Tampa Bay with him and Cameron Bray. I think they'll figure it out. OJ Howard was really, um, I think, just kind of flew under the radar. He actually finished uh, seventh in DYAR, finished um, fifth in DVOA. I think he'll have a. Uh, I, I think he'll take a step next season with some with some added responsibility in their offense. Number nine. I have George Kittle uh, at Beast F Ball's favorite player, I think, in the history of the National Football League. Um, I, I'm not trying to jump on the Jimmy G bandwagon too much, but I think that Kittle is going to um, kind of have one of those breakout seasons where he's going to be the number one tight end there. Um, I know they have Garrett Selleck, but um, I think that Kittle is, uh, is, is prime for a big 2018. Uh, number eight, I have Jack Doyle who is Eric Ebron's teammate, but the Colts definitely signed him up to a big contract, like at the very beginning of free agency, because uh, the dude put up big numbers last season. I mean, in 2017, he had 80 catches, um, only 690 yards, um, you know, a a relatively uh, short, you know, reception uh, average. But uh, I think that he's a, he's a red zone threat um, to pair with Eric Ebron. Uh, So I have him at eight, number seven, I have Kyle Rudolph from the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, This guy is, I think just really underappreciated. I think that the people in the NFC North understand like how good he is. Um, I'd be surprised if like, if if, like other, um, you know, other divisions did a list cast and they, I I would be surprised if any of them even put Kyle Rudolph in their top 10, but I, I think he truly is. Last year he had 16 targets in the red zone, caught 14 of them. Uh, for seven touchdowns, he had an eighty-seven point five percent completion rate in the, in I will, the, in I the will, red zone, which is I will say huge. this. I, I will say this. I was looking through Bleacher Report for end of year twenty seventeen rankings. Kyle Rudolph was their number nine. So, like, nice, nice. Well, I, I guess I'm a little bit higher on him more than anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit of play, uh, and then to round it out, my number six, another NFC North tight end, Jimmy Graham. Uh, I know that some of the shine has kind of come off of Jimmy uh, in, in recent seasons, especially after that trade to Seattle, things didn't go quite as planned. Uh, but regardless, I mean, 17 targets in the end zone 
uh, or 29 targets, 17 catches, uh, 10 touchdowns. Um, I'm just kind of scared of what Aaron Rodgers might be able to get out of him. So Ooh. I think my fear of Aaron Rodgers put Jimmy Graham at number six. <laughs> That's fair enough. I, all right. I can, I can do my uh, 10, nine, eight now. So, okay, here we go. Number 10, Kyle Rudolph, as we said, uh, kind of flies under the radar a little bit. I, I'm not, I, I think it'd be interesting to go back and see the difference on what Kirk Cousins, what his um, receiving habits are to to tight ends, I really don't know too much about that. I'm trying to remember who is he who he had in Washington. He loves Jordan Reed. He loved Jordan he Reed when he was he healthy. Liked Jordan Reed, yeah, yeah. So I think it'll be kind of. I mean, kudos to Cal Rudolph. He might be getting a lot more use out of it. Number nine for me is actually more of a blocking threat, but the man had five touchdowns. Four of those were from inside the twenty yard line. And his name is Mercedes Lewis with the Jacksonville Jaguars, but he's just a big man, probably probably the best blocker I have on this list. But love those Jaguars, man. I mean, they they're such a good team, man. I I think I was having this discussion with someone else the other day, more about the Lions. But if you took the name Jacksonville Jaguars off them and put some other name on there, like some name brand on there, like rebrand them as the Broncos or the Raiders, people would be ranking these guys a lot higher. Than, than they do. I'm only giving them the proper love that they deserve. All because of Blake Bortles. Except for Bortles. Except for Bortles. My God. <laughs> well, uh, the thing about the thing about Mercedes Lewis, though, plays yeah. for the Green Bay Packers now. Yeah. Whew. That's a scary tandem. That is that is a scary tandem. And now I feel bad because I don't have Jimmy Graham on here. And I completely Ooh. missed that that bit of news that he had made. <laughs> 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 adequate. Adequate. I'm still I'm still keeping it on here because I think he's probably a re- he's a good blocker and we ha- focus a little too much on the receiving end than we do uh, on the on the blocking side. Number eight for me, and I'm hoping now now you've got me sweaty, and I'm hoping he's with this prop this team now. And I don't know why this fell off my <laughs> band, and now I'm furiously looking around. Please tell me he's still <laughs> with me. This is the only guy who I don't have account for, and I should stop wasting time. Uh, Benjamin Watson. Baltimore Ravens. Still around, Benjamin Watson does play football. <laughs> Bastard. Uh yeah, I think I think he he's good. I like uh, him. He, he's I, he's back he's back with the New Orleans Saints. Well, that's right. You know what? That that that's that's good because that you know is what? good for him. No, that's good for him because I was going to say he might have even been higher on my list because Joe Flacco's receiving passes are not exactly an ideal situation. I th- I think Watson will fit it quite well in with the New Orleans Saints. Then he's thirty seven though. Old man scrawl. Hey, I always have Anto- one on the list. Hey, real quick, I almost put Antonio Gates at number ten, and he's not even he's on a free team agent. Yet. He's okay. a free agent. <laughs> he is oh going to sign God. with the Los Angeles Chargers one hundred percent. Quickly okay. go, go ahead, Jeremy. Go ten nine eight. Wait, yeah. you got seven and six to go. Give me seven and six. Oh, seven and six as well. Oh, did, yeah. Hold on, did Ryan yeah. do seven? I went, and six I, went, well? I went through seven and six. You told me to go ten through six. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. We usually, yeah, yeah. No, no, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, number seven then is Evan Engram, and I know he plays for the New York Giants. <laughs> he does. It. He does. He had a very he had a uh, up and down rookie season, but you know what? I think he's going to kind of settle in a little bit more in his sophomore year. Uh really good advanced route running that I, that I like out of him. 
a lot of talent, and I just think there's good upside potential to him, and I am more than willing to put him up here. Number six, and I think I've been beating on this guy's drum for a couple of for at least a year now, uh, Hunter Henry, who I think is probably one of the up and up uh, tight ends out there with, currently with the Los Angeles Chargers, and I've I've liked I've liked him ever since he came out of Alabama, and I am all in on him. All right, I'll take over from here. My number 10, just like Chris's, which makes me worried, is Kyle Rudolph. Um, I think Ryan pretty much tackled it. I think he's a very underrated guy. And even though it seems like he's been around forever, he's only 28, so he's still got a good 5, 10 years ahead of him. Um, I don't like that he's in our division. (laughs) Number nine is a guy who used to be in our division, Jared Cook, now with the Oakland Raiders. Um probably not going to be on the rest of your guys list. I get the feeling, but he's a guy who had almost 700 yards last year, really kind of caught on. I think with the Raiders, he's also eclipsed 600 yards three other times in his career. Um, He's done it. He's proven it. The thing when I got to the bottom of this list, there were a bunch of young guys like OJ Howard, like Cameron bright that I considered putting on my list, even considered putting Eric Ebron on my list. But I, I opted to go with some guys who have proven it before because I don't know the young guns tend to get a lot of hype, but I'm not sure that they end up working out as often as they should. Uh, number eight, Jimmy Graham. Again, kind of same mold here. Veteran guy who's done it before. I know there are a lot of Lions fans out here out now that think he sucks now that he's with the Packers. I promise you that's not true. Uh, he has dealt with drops in the past, but not as often as I think uh, Lions fans are hoping he's going to be good. This isn't the same thing as, you know, the Packers signing Bennett last year. Jimmy Graham's I did, legit. I did compare numbers and show that Jimmy Graham and Eric Ebron had comparable drop rates. So take that as you will. For one season, either. though. For, for, no, for a couple of seasons. I think I put it up against like two, three seasons there, actually, on their catch rates. So whatever. All right. Continuing the theme of old veterans, although I would have liked to put this guy higher, but he's coming off an injury. He's well over 30 at this point. Greg Olson, uh, before his injury last year, he put up three straight seasons of 1,000 yards. I'm almost positive that the rest of you guys are going to have him a little bit higher, but I'm just a little worrisome coming off an injury at this age. But the dude dude is one of the best in, in the modern age, so... Uh, I completely understand putting him higher than seven. And my number six, same as Chris again, Hunter Henry. Uh, He's made the transition from Antonio Gates pretty seamless over there in L.A. I have to say over there in L.A. now. That's weird. Uh, Number two on Pro Football Focus last year. Had eight touchdowns his rookie season, just four last year and uh, around 600 yards. But uh, Hunter Henry. He's ready to take over for Gates, I think. He's ready. He's going to be pretty darn good. I keep now, hearing is, Ryan's side yeah, every time we mention say, his name, so I'm curious what's, what's happening over there. What's well, going on? Did you get adequate? Uh, no, I mean, both you guys got adequate. Hunter Henry tore his ACL, and he's not playing this season. No, so. that's right! Oh, what the hell? Oh, no! This is an awful list, Gas. I forgot. I knew there was one tight end that tore his ACL, and I thought it was someone else. That's why I said I almost put Antonio Gates at number 10 because he's going to sign with the Chargers. Do we this and just start again? Nope, nope. nope. we are going forward. Nope, nope. You know this, is, this, is an, take, this is an iron. This is I'll an take iron. Not... With the torn ACL, number six. 
hypothetical. He might come back. Who knows? All over Jimmy Graham. I'm assuming they're gonna this. have they're gonna make bionic legs and Jimmy Graham's a Packer. He sucks. They had to take <laughs> bicentennial man. Yeah. You want me to? You want me to? You want me to kick it up? You want me to kick yeah, up dust? Let's, let's go yeah. ahead. You know what? At least, at least I know the top of this isn't going to look so bad. Perfect. You, I'll hit you with my five, four, three. How about that? Well, tell you what. Why don't you? I, I can I can I just say? I'm, why why not just say this? I think we all have the f- same top four, do we not? Because that's 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 what I felt like going into this. Can I can I do an, Can I do an experiment? I'm sure. not going to give you the order. I'm just going to say their names: okay. Zach Ertz, Delaney Walker, Travis Kelsey, Rob Gronkowski are. Those guys, your top four or no? No. Yes. Okay. All right, then, Ryan, you kick it off. Hey, number five, Delaney Walker. Uh, I'm a bigger Delaney Walker fan than anybody else here. So the fact that he's in your top four, but he's number five on my list really upsets my brand. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, he's just he's my favorite little 6'3 tight end who, like, doesn't belong in today's NFL, but for some reason just keeps on getting it done, um, even though his quarterback is – replacement level at best so i mean that's that's uh, the, that's the motto of the tennessee titans is that is some doesn't belong in the nfl but somehow gets it done yeah I, their team is so old school they have like delaney walker who's like you know the perfect tight end for 1999 they have you know derrick henry who's like the perfect running back for like 1996 like it's old great i love it type yeah yeah <laughs> and and, then, and they have a mobile quarterback it's like what what is this team like what is your identity on offense anyways number four is greg olson because i still believe in greg olson um i have greg olson number four uh he didn't tear his acl so he will be playing in the nfl this year shut the fuck up i can't believe you brought your adequacy to me i'm so upset in myself it's because you you took a week off yeah, you took a week off and moved back to Michigan. Like my old adequacy is just infecting you now. All right, uh, Greg Olson. Greg Olson just dealt with some injuries last year, and he'll he'll put it back together. Uh, they're going to need him, I think, in in Carolina more than any time they've you know needed anybody. Um, because I still don't think that they have like a number one wide out. No Devin Funches, no DJ Moore. I mean, like those guys, they're they are not one number one targets. I think Greg Olson is, so he'll he'll reclaim that spot of like the big target getter. And then number three, uh, Zach Ertz. This dude like totally pulled a one eighty in his career. Like I thought for sure, like we had seen like what Zach Ertz could do. Like he got opportunity after opportunity. And then all of a sudden, like last season happened with Frank Reich and everything. And uh, 74 catches, 824 yards, eight touchdowns, big red zone threat. Um, You know, 17 targets, 11 catches for eight touchdowns. The guy proved that he's one of the top three tight ends in the NFL. Can I, can I ask you a question, Ryan? Can I ask you a question, Ryan? Sure. Do you not have Evan Ingram on your list? No. Really? You have OJ Howard and George Kittle on your list, but not Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram's like, he's basically like a wide receiver. Like, I mean, like if Lions fans thought Eric Ebron couldn't block, like, let me show you. What's the the meme? Can I slap the Evan Ingram card and be like, this baby can't block for shit. Oh, his foot, this this baby is so is can fit so many fucking missed tackles. <laughs> well, missed well, miss blocked assignments. Yeah, I'm sorry, I screwed up the side of the ball. Now, wow. <laughs> I'm, I'm mad. I'm mad at Ryan right now. I'm really mad at Ryan that he let not only see. I can take it when when I <laughs> screw up. He let Jeremy screw up too. 
I'm, I'm glad you're being so protective of me. That's very I'm nice. Just saying, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I'm the one who's supposed to be the dumbass. All uh, right, who's, who's your number five, Jeremy? I just well, want to know. It's okay. Evan Ingram. It's a uh, guy had 722 yards in his rookie year. I'm pretty sure he didn't t- tear his ACL this offseason. Six oh, touchdowns. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, I mean, if he was, if he could manage to put up 722 yards and six touchdowns in his rookie year with that horrible Giants offense last year, imagine what he could do in a vacuum. Uh, I think We're this gonna... guy is headed for a very good career. Um, I'm glad that we don't have to play him again, even though I don't think he did much against the Lions in that first matchup because no one did much. Actually, he did four four catches for 49 and a touchdown. He uh, that touchdown when Tavon Wilson bit on that play fake. That's like right. Fool. Oh, that's um, right. Oh God. Can I can I ask both of you guys since you had Evan Ingram on your list? Does it bother you at all that he was 67th in Pro Football Focus rating? I don't uh, get Pro Football Focus, so no, it doesn't. Okay. I can't remember last time I've read PFF. Like he he graded he graded lower than um. Yeah, I see. Virgil he's Green. literally the fifth worst. He was worse than Martellus Bennett last year, according to Pro Football Focus. You know, you know who was worse than him, though? OJ Howard, but that doesn't matter. <laughs> <sighs> We're uh, going to have to start doing these, like, bef- we have to start revealing these to each other beforehand <laughs> so we don't have a situation like this. I'm really mad at Ryan. I'm, like, really, really mad at Ryan. Dude, I, really I, bit my, I bit my tongue so hard when you said Hunter Henry, and then when Jeremy said it, too, I <laughs> You should have jumped in. You should have. You should have gotten me at least. Like now, now suddenly we're completely off brand. Now people are getting mad at us because we're showing them what kind of preparation we do, which is fine because we're here to entertain you. Now, Jeremy, I want to hear your four and three very quickly. We're nearly at twenty minutes on this. Okay, Delaney Walker, veteran guy, put up a thousand yards once, put up eight hundred yards the last two seasons. He's good. He's very good. Number three, Zach Ertz. For every reason that Ryan just mentioned, dude just turned around his career out of nowhere. He's still only twenty-seven. Three straight years of 800 yards at eight touchdowns last year. What do you want from a guy? Yeah. Um, I have the same four and three as you. My five, though, was Jack Doyle. And I just want to say this. He was the Colts' leading receiver last year. Average, what, 8.6 yards per catch. And that was done with a rotating cast of, of scabs. Trying to, fill, that. <laughs> trying to fill in for Andrew Luck. What happens when he actually has a quarterback there? And I know he's going to have Eric Ebron alongside him. I don't like this. This he's he's good. He's going to be really good. Ebron's right. going to have more yards. All right. So I think I all know what our one and two is. So I just want to know who's number one and who's number two for you, Ryan. Like just just I we all have the same two guys. I know we do. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm the guy who always preaches availability is the best ability. But number two is Travis Kelsey, and number one is Rob Gronkowski. Yeah, same with me. And you know why yep. it is for me? That You know why it is? Because I think all that bluster about him talking about me walking away ain't going to happen. He's pawn and he's only pawn in game. Mongo may only be pawn in game of life, but you throw him the football and he's going to run out there and go after it like, with all the zeal in the world. That That's the thing. Like the zeal is, is really the perfect word for him. He's just like so aggressive with the football and so dominant. Golden, and it's just a golden retriever. He's totally a golden retriever. He's the air butt of the league. <laughs> He's not technically disallowed in the rule book, but it seems like he should be disallowed. <laughs> Rob Gronkowski, golden retriever out of Utah. <laughs> 
I think that's it. I think that's the perfect place to end this list cast. Yeah, yeah. like what else can we say about Travis Kelsey? He's insanely good. And he, that Chiefs offense is going to be crazy. Oh, yeah, that Chiefs offense might be off the charts, but. Especially Ooh. since they got rid of that horrible Matt Nagy guy. <laughs> I like that dig. Uh, uh, can, yeah, I, can, I, can, I tone, can I Tony Reality this real quick? Real quick. All right, Hunter Henry from Arkansas, not from Alabama. I said Arkansas. You said Alabama. For what sure. The fu- I said, I meant to say Arkansas. I, what the hell? Because I said Derek, I knew Derek Henry was from Alabama. Oh, you got that one right. Yeah, I, I gonna, said, I said yeah. that. But the, like, I, I'm pretty sure I said Arkansas, unless my mouth is like completely rebelling against me. Yeah, I, it's, I mean, it's more rebellious than, uh, Gronkowski yeah. with the with the uh, New England Patriots than Shea Patterson. Um, number number one. Uh, also, oh, so so the other quick one. Uh, Rob Gronkowski from Arizona, not from Utah. I know I was being facetious there. Oh, okay, from okay, all right, fine, all right, perfect. Yeah. Well, then we all did Don't a great job. Nice job, boys. Perfect list cast. We finally did one, guys. <laughs> Way back machine up next. Maybe the night that my dreams might let me know All the stars are closer All the stars are closer Tell me what you gonna do to me Confrontation ain't nothing new to me You could bring a bullet, bring a sword, bring a morgue But you can't bring the truth to me Alexa, play Kendrick Lamar and Scissor. Okay Maybe the night that my dreams might let me know All the stars are closer With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need Get tens of millions of songs Download the Amazon Music app today Way back machine. We are now back in what what year is it? What year is it? 2017, November 12th. Lions 38 at home over the Browns 24. Technically, this counted as a come from behind game, but really only for like the first half or whatever. The Lions were down 10 points early. Uh, real quick, before we get into the rest of the game, though, because those 10 points are about to become very, very, very meaningless. But when the Browns were up, Jeremy, 10-0 on Detroit, what was going through your head? Well, I remember I was already a bit frustrated because I had to watch this game at a bar, and I absolutely hate doing that. So I was also drinking, which I don't normally do when I'm working slash watching the Lions. And I'm just like, well... It was a good season, guys. Did you we, think we really had them going for for a good four weeks? Be honest, be honest. Did you guys think? Did either of you guys think for any moment? Well, hell, this is going to be it. This is going to be the the win for the Cleveland Browns. Thought about it. <laughs> um, yeah, the Lions were losing in the second half of this game. I absolutely was going through my head because oh, it yeah, would be a right. perfect they, way they to like end back. the season. Yeah. Yeah, because what was it, 24-17? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because early on, I was in the like, all right, the Lions are, you know, the Lions always do this, slow starts, they'll get their act together, they'll put the Browns in their place. Then the Lions started to do that, and then in the second half, the Browns come out, put up two drives of 80-plus yards to take the lead 24-17. I'm like, well, I think it's fair to say this Lions team is not who we thought they were back in October. We are talking really negatively about a win, though. But I mean, I think that's I think that's about fair when we consider what we knew. Because even at that point, the the, the Browns were what zero and nine, zero and eight. 
Like yeah. we knew what the Brown, the Browns were. We knew that they were probably one of the worst teams since the 2008 Lions. And to be just struggling like this was just, whew. but why did they struggle, Jeremy? Like what, what was causing all this? Before we, get to, before we get to the good parts and the funny parts of this game, I want to get to why did the Detroit Lions struggle with the Cleveland Browns? Well, I mean, it's pretty simple. They couldn't stop the run. And I, I kind of knew that coming in, that that would be a problem. The Browns, I'm, I'm looking at my on-paper preview. The Browns had the 10th run offense in the league at this point. They were better. Listen, the Browns were better than an 0-16 team last year. They they were. They weren't good. They weren't a team that the Lions should have lost to or even struggled with. But they were better than 0-16. They were a 3-13 team. This, this seems to be a problem, as I've noticed going through logs of other games, too. The Lions seem, defense generally seems to have a problem with any kind of quarterback that can competently run. And Deshaun Kaiser put up nearly 60 yards on the ground against this Lions team. And I think ran in for a touchdown as well. He did. Yeah. But I mean, like even Isaiah Crowell, 16 carries for 90 yards, five, six a pop. Like everyone was running on this team. And this is kind of the point where the, I think the narrative started about Holodi Nada and how much this Lions defense really missed him because they couldn't stop anyone on the run. I mean, how many times did the Browns punt in this game? It couldn't have been much. One, two, three, four, five. Okay, so it all kind of came at the end <laughs> of the game there. But early on, like this team field goal touchdown. And and if it weren't for a couple like very fortunate turnovers that went in the Lions' favor, I'm not sure they win this game. Yeah, let's talk about that because that's where this game starts to at least get funny. But first, actually, before we do, I'm sorry, I should let Ryan in here. So I, I've I've heard a lot from Jeremy, but like your thoughts going through this game or why the Lions could not stop the Browns on the ground. Um, I actually want to talk about how the Lions' offense struggled to just like put together any form of like consistency in the beginning of the game, and I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that it was it was Taylor Decker's first appearance. Um, since he played in the wild card game, you know, uh, a little less than, you know, a little less than a year ago. Um, and it was a hell of a tough, you know, game to come back against a guy like Miles Garrett, who by all, you know, means kind of struggled in his rookie season too. Um, but he, uh, nonetheless, I mean, he dealt with injuries, but Decker really struggled with Garrett and even like the rest of the like really athletic um, players that the Browns had on their offensive line. So like, it, it was just, it was this really weird rotation that like the, you know, the Lions decided that, we, that Decker was going to play for a series and then Mahalik was going to come in and then Decker was going to come in and then Mahalik would, and it, it just didn't seem like the right move to me. Like it, uh, I understand like wanting to like, kind of like put, you know, Decker's feet in water um, instead of trying to throwing him in the deep end of the pool. But at this point, like either the guy's ready to play or the guy's not ready to play. And for an offensive line that was struggling with, you know, consistency and trying to get the same offensive line and the same set of guys out there playing and play out so that they can develop some, you know, um, some familiarity with one another, be comfortable with one another. It just seemed like a very disjointed and a very odd move to decide to do that. Um, Stafford threw an interception to a linebacker. That doesn't happen all that often. Um Jamie Collins at that. Uh, the first half was just so weird. Like the Lions' offense was just like, blech. well, yeah. And of, let's read yeah. the first three plays of the entire game. Matthew Stafford sacked for negative four yards. Amir Abdullah up the middle for negative six yards. <laughs> Matthew Stafford passes to Theo Riddick for negative three yards. 
Dude, it's a minus 13 drive to start three and out, start the game. Like, holy shit. If they, if they were playing golf, they'd be killing it. <laughs> See, we can we can have fun with this now because now we know the Lions won and this was just utterly meaningless in the grand scheme of things. The Lions were going to a middling record anyway. And on that note, I do yeah. want to start talking about where it starts to get fun. So the Lions did eventually pull this out, Jeremy. They did. But it wasn't pretty. It wasn't pretty, it wasn't easy, and it came mostly at the at the Browns' incompetence. Uh, yeah, let's talk about that, uh, what was it, uh, the Q, the QB sneak that turned... Yes. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. well, this is really... Uh, I think the game was almost won here, even though the Browns came back in the second half. First, the Browns have that odd play where Nevin Lawson strips it after getting burnt, then picks up the ball, runs it in for a touchdown. That sort of thing never really happens. You never, especially after he gets burned like that. It it was just an oh, odd-looking play. Just just the epitome of Nevin Lawson's entire career with the Detroit right, Lions right absolutely. there in that play. Getting burned and yet coming up with six points. Yep. And then the very next possession, Browns down seven at the end of the half. They're driving like they did a lot of this game, driving from their own 25. They get down first and goal to the Lions two, incomplete pass. Then with, what, 15 seconds on the clock or something, with no timeouts left, they try a QB sneak from the two-yard line. And if you've ever watched a quarterback sneak, it is not easy to get out of that and lined up afterwards. And Deshaun Kaiser came nowhere close to the goal line, and they they almost got another playoff. But if you've ever, you know, ran a quarterback sneak, you know how much of just clusterfuck it is down there and to pull everyone and sure the lines were probably being a little sneaky and staying on top of guys but horrible play call by Hugh Jackson ends up running out the clock the line the Bears ugh, the Browns get zero points out of it when they should have had an easy three and also I mean who calls a quarterback sneak from the two yard line well the, the, so the interesting thing about that play though too um I'm, I'm taking a look at the recap that I wrote but um it looks like one of the Browns receivers, uh, I think it's DeValve, he, like, runs a route. Like, he runs a route. So it's almost as if, like, Kaiser was like, nah, man, I got this. Like, I'm calling Audible. This is about to be a QB sneak. It's like, <laughs> why? What are you doing? And then I remember the out, like, there there were so many people on Twitter that was uh, Brown, Brown's Twitter was like ablaze. They're like, "Oh, the Lions were sitting on Kaiser. They wouldn't let him get up, and they're sitting on other players. And that should have been delay a game." No, you know what? You deserve that for trying to run a QB sneak with, you know, less than twenty seconds on the play clock, or yeah, less than twenty seconds left on the game clock. So was that the moment that Deshaun Kaiser was traded? Essentially. But you know what? The thing about Kaiser in that game is like he was making like legit NFL throws. Like I was, I was was, he was looking good. He was very look. And again, I I have to say this again: fifty-seven yards on the ground too. Like he was, he was successful as a rushing threat as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was he was having a nice little game. Like for a guy who basically had everything stacked against him, he was throwing like ten-yard out routes, like outside of the outside of the hash like he was i mean outside of the numbers even like he was he was really slinging the ball he made some like nfl throws where i was like you know what you know deshaun kaiser might amount to something and now he doesn't play for the browns anymore so and he plays for the packers which is probably a massive upgrade to be honest <laughs> <laughs> over, over brett hunley yeah we'll talk about that in a couple weeks again <laughs> 
I'm I'm just trying I'm trying to find the silver lining for my beautiful Toledo boy from Central Catholic. Okay, so what what does this game mean though in the long term? This is now once again the Lions lost three in a row. Now they've won three in a row. Now they're sitting at I believe six and four. Five five and four. Five. I think they're only five and four at this point. No, no, no. There's oh yeah, you know you're right. You're right. The third I I was looking ahead. Chicago next week we're talking about is going to be their third win in a row. So they've won two in a row. They're sitting at five and four. Uh, as we've talked about last week, Ryan, Minnesota was on their skid. So suddenly it starts to look like maybe this, you know, might be a little closer than we think. But what, what did this mean, game mean overall? To me, it was just, it was one of those games where you're like, we escaped. Like, it's hard to win in the NFL. You, you, you pull out that cliche line, you know, every, any given Sunday, the Lions escaped. Let's put this one behind us. Put a, put a winning streak ahead of us see what happens okay but that's what we were saying in the meantime but what now that we have an entire season in our mind what does it mean it meant nothing i mean it was it was a extra bye week essentially and delaying the inevitable because i don't know how you could watch this game and come out thinking that the lions were a good enough team to contend in in the nfc playoffs and my bad i said vikings were on a scale they hadn't lost since actually they they beat the Lions, but still, like this was this is what you needed to stay in lockstep with them at least right. to try. It's funny and that so, Jeremy. Uh, I was gonna say real quick, Jeremy. Uh, you can get to your point, but it was funny that you mentioned that like it felt like the Lions escaped with a win. the The headline for the game recap I wrote was "Lions Escape from Detroit Edge Out <laughs> Winless Browns 38-24. But it really was like, yeah. And I mean, let me ask you this question. You can get to your point too. Um, but. Quandre Diggs knocks Deshaun Kaiser out of this game. That's I mean, he, right. comes, he, 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 he comes back later in the game when the Browns are down by 14, but he knocked him out with a shot to the ribs. Like if Kaiser would have played this whole game, I think it would have been a little bit closer and maybe the Browns may, may have even been able to pull this one out. Absolutely. Cause Cody Kessler was a disaster. He was awful. Oh, he was awful. He, was, like one, he was terrible. Catch. Like, I mean, he made one pass that actually worked like just my God. Yeah, I mean, you remember when I was counting the punts earlier in the segment? Three of those came after Cody Kessler had not converted the third down. They went three and out, like three and out, headlights. three and out. They, they, they wouldn't let him. They wouldn't let him pass at all because they knew just how bad he was going to be. Yeah, Cornelius and, Washington finally got his first sack of the season against Cody Kessler. <laughs> <laughs> Tough oh, game. Oh, yeah, that's right. Kessler got like what sacked three times in that in that little tiny time when he was in the game. You get yeah. the feeling that he was just like he was hiding in a corner during this game, and then when they like they're like, "Hey, dude," they're poking him with a stick. Like you got to play now, and they're like, "What?" <laughs> it's like that time I, I, in the cartoon where it's like you know <laughs> you're like, "Put me in, coach," and there's these monsters looming over the field, ready to eat your liver. <laughs> that was Cody Kessler staring up at like 12 foot tall monster that the Detroit Lions who hadn't been that at all this game suddenly turned into right Cody Kessler had a QBR of 0.2 in this game my god <laughs> <Atta> boy. <laughs> <laughs> all right I think that's enough let's put this game unless Ryan did you have any thoughts as far as what this game meant at the end or are you with Ryan, uh, Jeremy that this, this was ultimately meaningless I mean, this was just the game, another sports cliche. We love to talk about it, but it was a game you had to win. Like, you couldn't lose this game and expect to, you know, like you mentioned, keep lockstep with 
Minnesota and hope that they falter eventually or even have a shot at the so you know, same NFC as, wild card. So same as Green Bay last week then. Yeah, essentially. I mean, like this was the stretch. I think you even talked about it last week, Chris, where you said like you had some games coming up where it was like very winnable. Like you had to win a few of these games and then it was like, well, let's see what's, ha- you know, let's see what happens on Thanksgiving against Minnesota. And that'll kind of determine like whether or not you have a shot at the NFC North title or you're you know, going to be playing from behind and have to quote unquote run the table the rest <sighs> of the season just to make the playoffs. All right, well, we're way over. Jeremy chided me on time last time, so we're going to step out of the way back. Oh, that's nice. Nice new fresh in 2018. Let's move on to the mailbag. Hey, sports fans, football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with my bookie. MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event even esports. There's no better time to join MyBookie than today. Go to MyBookie to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CHAMPION when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. Bet today. Visit MyBookie's website or call 844-866-2387. That's 844-866-2387. Check them out today and use promo code CHAMPION for a 100% bonus. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. Mail time. Mail time. Mail time. News here. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. Mail time. Hashtag ask POD. As always, get your questions in. We will answer them. And <coughs> excuse me. Oh, that's not working out. That stays in. Uh, Jeremy, reviews. We got three new reviews. Uh, I'm going to read two of them today. They must have really not liked me not being in last week's episode. Uh, that's the only reason I can imagine why uh, we got a one-star and a two-star review. But you know what? We committed to this bit. We're going to read them out loud. Absolutely. We're going to take uh, this first one's going to... ooh. One star from C Styles, C Styles seventy six. Just terrible. More like no styles. Ooh, worst podcast out there. Unprofessional and irresponsible children masquerading as some sort of cross between wannabe serious journalists and bad take artists. Given the choice between listening to this podcast and having a kitchen knife inserted anally, I would take the podcast, but just barely. Hey man, I can do the knife bit whenever you want. Yeah. Hold up. What, what, what kind of like bad take artist? Like what, what kind of field do you think we're working in here? Like, come on, man. You know exactly what he's referring to when he's when he's talking about bad yeah, take he's getting, artists. He's getting pissed off at us because once again, none of y'all have gotten over the Patricia thing. And it's un like someone else was jumping in Jeremy's mention and in my mentions yeah, last well, week. Not even mention like, that dude. He is an idiot. Two months now. You people are stupid. Come on, right. Jeremy, before I start bragging on all our fans. Number, the second review comes from I Live at Disney. Two stars, change of title necessary. 
When can the host go from adequate to just bad? Ca- calling him adequate is an insult to the actual mediocre things. This is like saying the movies G. Lee, Catwoman, and The Last Airbender, and all the Toilet movies are adequate. Just because you say it does not mean it's true. Bad. I'm adequate. Guess what? I'm adequate. Yep, he's adequate. Sorry. I'm adequate, and you're throwing up on the teacup ride. If, if you don't think he's adequate, then you're going to have to change your definition of adequate because he's adequate. I've been told the third review is a lot better, but you know what? We are committed to this bit. We'll have to wait until next week. We love, we love you, Johnny, but we'll get to you next week. All right. Where do we want to lead off on this podcast mailbag? Let's start with our old friend over in the UK, James, at Cookie991. Taco Bell has just opened in my city. What should I try first? Pepto-Bismol. Pepto-Bismol. Oh, come on! No way! <laughs> that that's the closer. That's closer than we've ever gotten in doing this, the, the the Fortnite, Fortnite. dance. <laughs> that's magical, right there. Oh, the fact that we both picked Pepto-Bismol too. What what does that say about us? Yeah, I don't know because <laughs> one of us could have said Tums. We could have we could have went any number of directions. Wow. Any kind of antacid. Uh, but no, a Crunchwrap Supreme is my go-to item. It's legit. If if you can get it with spicy chicken, which I don't know anything, any place that doesn't anymore. You can't, but I wish you could. Spicy chicken Crunchwrap. Uh, let's see here. You. So I love you. I've got, I've got a mini list cast here. I would say top three. Um, I mean, I don't know. I actually, you know what? I can't even list them. So like if the nacho fries are there, absolutely get some nacho fries. Other than that, like I'm, I'm usually 50, 50 between a quesarito and the, uh, cantina, uh, grande burrito thing that you can get with like steak and, and all that stuff. Yeah. You want to do a mini, a three, a three mini list cast real quick? No, no, because we've got some other people who are demand. We've got a lot of people demanding off the wall list casts here. I think we opened the floodgates. So, well, uh, Ryan, what what do you like besides an acid from Taco Bell? Uh, man, dude, I the last time I had Taco Bell, like it's really true about like when you hit a certain age that like it just doesn't agree with your stomach. Yeah, I, I mean, I haven't eaten it in years, but I mean, that's besides yeah, the point. Dude, yeah, I don't know, like. I, like Jeremy, I missed the spicy chicken crunchwrap supreme. But if I'm gonna have to get something, I'm gonna get a uh, was a uh, gordita crunch cheesy, cheesy, cheesy gordita crunch. Cheesy I was gordita. gonna make sure that someone mentioned that. Yeah, yeah. So we got so we got crunchwrap supreme, gordita crunch, and quesarito. I think that's 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 a pretty good uh, combination right there. Next question here is from Bud Dog, and it's a Lions related question. How long would it take the 2008 Lions to complete the Shrine of the Silver Monkey? <laughs> it's three freaking pieces never never they would never be able to do it no chance dan orlowski would run out of the studio <laughs> with the head <laughs> oh my god <laughs> I, I can just imagine just oh my <sighs> Ryan Collins, Shafty Von Hack. What will be the best-selling video game in five years? Hmm. In five years. In five years? Fortnite 2. I don't know. 
I don't think they'll ever make it to the, the we're in the age of games where they just keep updating the old games. Yeah, that's totally facetious. I see Fortnite. I, there's going to be something on the horizon that kind of just topples it um, in terms of popularity, but I NHL, don't know. NHL 23 Battle Royale. A Battle Royale <laughs> NHL game. I love that. Imagine Rod Marinelli trying to uh, trying to order the construction of the Silver Monkey. My shovel is sharp, my axe is sharp, and my will is outstanding. <laughs> Omec. What, what what about what about a Madden Battle Royale game? Do you think Marvin Harrison would just win? <laughs> oh, you said it. You said it. Okay, next question. Next question. Not standing here for this. Not standing here. Blake Berry, is this the worst week for a sports fan? I, mean, I know you're going to have a take on this, Chris, because you're you're watching the home run derby tonight, right? I am. We, I think it's already. Has it started already? I, I think no it started idea. at eight. Yeah, yeah. So we're we're recording right now. It's eight fifteen. So I'm going to go watch a little bit of it after this. I mean, it's just. But I mean, it's it's the home run derby and the all star game. What else do you want, man? I mean. I guess because the World Cup final was Sunday and that counts as part of this week, it's kind of held it off. But that's that's not that's every four years. So, yeah, this is the worst time of year because I'm not getting down with Summer League. I don't care that there are like wild speculations that LeBron James is going to be at in Vegas to watch the Lakers at at Summer League. I, I can't you can't get me to watch that. Ryan, did we ever talk about LeBron going to the Lakers? I don't think we ever did. Um, I maybe briefly. I don't think we. No, I don't know. I don't think we talked about it a whole lot. Yeah, that was I, Monday news, right? No, 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 that was Sunday news. And I feel like we recorded the podcast earlier that day. We might have. Yeah, just I. We never talked about it. My mm. memory fails me. Maybe, maybe at another point, I'll ask you what you think about it. Beer yeah, worship, time. beer worshiping cult at Sir VC, Sarah VC. Why does Jeff Risden hate the Steve Miller band so much? I guess I'm not aware of this. But what Steve Miller band, they do the, the Joker song, right? I'm a Joker. I'm a Joker. I'm a yeah. Joker. Yes, what exactly, else how you, my, exactly how you sung it. My my uncle has a really great story about how uh, when when Pine Knob was still Pine Knob, um, he was in he was in middle school and uh, the middle school had raffled off. Like, I think you had to like read like a certain amount of books. And if you read a certain amount of books during the school year, there was a school bus that took you to Pine Knob for the Steve Miller Band <laughs> concert. <laughs> and these kids and these kids are in middle school. <laughs> Why did I move back and to Michigan? <laughs> nobody thought that one through. It was a, it was the 70s, though, man. A lot of questionable things happen in the 70s. Next question here from Ponks. What is the best tailgate bar for food and, of course, beer before a Lions game? And in parentheses, he asks for a list cast. We're not going to have a list cast for you, unfortunately, but I think that would... We need to just... You know how we were making fun of for the longest time that book of top tens in Detroit, Ryan? Including one of yeah, our favorite writers. Who, we need to write our own like big book of list cast. That's I think what we'll we do. When we get big. That's what we'll do when we when this podcast starts to get big, in spite of all these one star reviews. <laughs> uh, I I don't have an answer to this question because I'm not familiar with. I, I'm assuming he means like outside of 
Ford Field, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something something in the downtown Detroit area. Oh, is um, Chili still legit? Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's a place where a lot of people flock. I don't know. Are you always trying to... I think you're always trying to strike that balance between populated but not like overly populated and i think that's one of those spots that's just like full of people like the elwood grill like that yeah like i was gonna say i was gonna say elwood, elwood is just it's too close to, to close. ground zero yeah, yeah. hey is i'm that... telling you man i'm not i'm not trying to i'm not trying to just plug my own thing but like Sweetwater is they like have, just they have the a right amount of people Sweetwater's uh, close enough you can I just walk so. over i know they I used to have a shuttle like to... six or seven blocks yeah. they might they might. They used to have a shuttle to Joe Lewis. I don't know if they ever did one to Ford Field, but yeah, I was thinking the same thing. But I mean, yeah. hold up. Like, rem- remind me, um, by the way, another great answer is probably, you probably, again, probably have to walk quite a bit or come over there from it, but Harry's? No? I don't know Harry's? what that is. Mm-hmm. The bar. I've been to Harry's. Okay, fine. I mean, I, I haven't long, experienced it. I was going to say, I haven't experienced it yet, but now Ford Field is doing that thing where, like, they open the gates early and you can have discounted drinks, like, alcoholic drinks in the first 30, 45 minutes that they're open. If you want to just, like, hustle and get in your your Honolulu Blue drinks right away, you could do that. I don't know. Real, real quick before we move on, what was the restaurant that was getting just slagged off by the free press this week? Oh God! Was that was that Empire or something like that? I I I'm, I don't have it up in front of me, but we were all having a laugh at that. You remember Ryan that that one restaurant review that was just like just God damn. It was one of the most savage things uh, I've ever read. I can't I can't remember. It was <sighs> it, I don't know if it was I know it wasn't this, but let's just pretend it's Kid Rock's restaurant. I don't think it is. Does Kid Rock have a restaurant? He has a restaurant outside of Little Caesars Arena now. God. Wahlburgers is the answer to that question. (laughs) (laughs) I actually had that place for the first time the other week. We have one here near USC at the Village. Is that okay? I got uh, sick off of it, so... (laughs) No. It was a decent burger. Sounds like you didn't feel it, feel it. I, I would say the weirdest thing about sitting in that wall burger though, like again, I went in June. I went, yeah, I was there in June and they're playing like Patriots Steelers on the team. Of course they are. And then I, then I realized that Mark Wahlberg, it's like, it's, it's not even, it's like his cousin or his brother or something that runs this restaurant. And he just was, he's riding on the coattails of, of Marky Mark. You ever you ever do Greek Town before a game, Ryan? I mean, that's what we used to always do. Um, I I haven't done Greek Town before a game. Um, uh, but as long as I'm not at as long as I'm not at Pegasus, it's it's middling. <laughs> it's it's nothing special. I think you can go to a lot better places. All right, uh, lie, live for my boys. Will carry on Johnson start the season as the RB one, and which art running back will finish the season with the most touches? Well, I mean, as we've he seen with the Lions, not. yeah, we don't really have a running back. There's there is no such thing as a running back one, except for like depth chart prob- uh, things, right? Yeah, yeah. It's probably not best to think of it that simplistically, but 
I think I think he's essentially the guy that's going to be getting the most carries from the get go. Yeah, no, I think he's going to get the most touches. Absolutely. Like the second part of that question, absolutely carry on Johnson. I uh, I would tend to agree with you guys. I think that he probably will get the most carries. Um, and I think the best way to look at this running back situation is that it's going to be handled, uh, no pun intended, but like situationally. So, I was going to say very carefully. Fuck. Man. <laughs> See? You, you, you stumbled in the list cast segment, but then you come back and totally redeem yourself. This I think my, the problem this, is that people... Go on. This is your element. This is your element. And I just don't think people listen all the way to the end of the podcast where, where you really come through and shine. Yeah. Well, yeah, because yeah, this, right. this is the ad lib part. Chris is at his best thinking on his feet. The whole pre- preparation part, nah. He doesn't need that. Well, well he, you, doesn't, you, he doesn't that, need that's that. That's why I think we need to get someone. <laughs> I do need that, but I'm just saying, like, I'm trying to pull host duties at the same time, and I think that's what's getting people pissed off. Next question here from MSU Lions fan. Why does everyone think Ebron is a better athlete than Luke Wilson when he had better measurables at the combine in literally every measurable area? Is this true? Do we have stats for this? I don't. Yeah, if you're if you're going by Kent's RAS thing, Luke Wilson is like a nine five or something crazy high like that. Well, Ebron's like an eight eight okay. or something like that. I'll just I'll just say to this then that combine scores aren't the only thing these guys have going into the draft. And Eric Ebron's career at North Carolina was very good. Right. And I think that's probably, I don't know the stats comparison between the two college careers, but I can almost guarantee that Eric Ebron's had a more pro- prolific career at North Carolina. Can, can, yeah. can you, can you restate the question though, real quick? Is it just basically boiling down to like, why are we not more excited about Luke Wilson? Because athletically he's more gifted than Eric Ebron. I, I think that's what he's trying to get at. Like, I don't know. I That's a weasel word there when he says everyone thinks Ebron is better. There's a lot of people who will gladly write off Ebron. I would think among yeah. us, though, I think there's no denying that we've all believed this tight end unit is probably uh, not going to improve with the removal of Eric Ebron, but replacing him with Luke Wilson. And I don't think oh, the- in my book, Ebron's, Ebron's the better athlete. The the tight ends are the tight end position is one hundred percent worse this season than it was last season. And I don't think that there's anything that anybody can do to try to convince me otherwise. Like losing 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 Ebron and losing Fells, like that those two guys are better than any of the, the guys that are currently on roster right now. So um, And I think I think what's yeah. being conflated here is just people ranted about Eric Ebron's athleticism because when you mix that with his production, and by the way, Eric Ebron had 973, 973 yards his senior year. In four years at Rice, Luke Wilson had a total of 986 yards. So yeah, Eric Ebron, Ebron, Ebron was productive. He was productive. He fits the tight end mold, plus he has the athleticism. Whereas Luke Wilson has the athleticism, did not quite have the skills the the route I mean there's so many things that go into a tight end besides athleticism route running and blocking and all that sort of stuff and while Luke Wilson might be a tad better of a blocker than Eric Ebron and it's not as much as you probably think it is uh, he's nowhere near as the talented route runner and receiver that Eric Ebron is despite you know the the whole drops things with Ebron yeah I feel like this is one of those things we're just going to keep talking about until until people get tired of talking about Eric Ebron but uh... Hey, he got married though. Congratulations to him. 
Congratulations. Yeah. And so, so, did, so did Decker. Oh. Okay. Over the weekend. Wedding season. Shamu S2D2. Camp battles. Which upcoming positional battles are you most looking forward to? Next week is going to be our big camp preview bonanza. I'll say that right now. You're going to start preparing mid- right now, right? Right. Uh, no, because we're going to have a special <laughs> guest in. He's one of our repeat guys, but you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get some new blood in here because apparently the people have spoken, but no, which, which, you know, just as a preview to that, what, what's, what's the position you're, you're curious about? Cause I don't, I don't care about who's battling who I care about the final 53 man roster. I really don't care about the drama that we have engineered for ourselves in between. That's uh, me speaking as a fan, by the way. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I know I'm in the minority, but you can't get me as a fan to care about training camp. I will care about it in the sense that I have to cover it, but there's nothing exciting for me as a fan about training camp. Well, to me, training camp has two draws. One is who breaks the starting roster. And sometimes, you know, if you're rotating guys so much, it it might not even matter. And two is who kind of makes that 53 man roster. And so for me, the most interesting matchup is the number two corner matchup, because I don't know they, they paid Nevin Lawson a lot of money. T's Tabor kind of stood out during OTAs and minicamp. I'm curious as to who's going to win out that job. You yeah. took my answer. Yeah. It's because it's my right answer. So not, yeah. Well, so now I have to think on my feet and uh, I'm not as good as Chris when it comes to thinking on my feet, but well, if the there's another, position... I don't have to think about this at all because I'm not interested. <laughs> You um, maybe, maybe my answer is, uh, you'll find out next week. Oh, nice. All right. Last that's question. Get, that's how you get people coming back, baby. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Give them the tease. All right. Last question okay. we have here. Last question we have from, from David A. Mara. When will you do another episode where Ryan is on location pounding El Presidente? <sighs> hey, David, 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 when, whenever you want to foot the bill. <laughs> on uh, a plane ticket and a uh, a stay at the Hard Rock Cafe. You know what? If 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 the people can get a GoFundMe started for Kylie Jenner to become a billionaire, why can't we get a GoFundMe started to send Ryan back to Punta Cana? We just take more than just you. I haven't had a vacation in like years. You guys can come too, but I'm just saying that I, David wants. You know, he wants something. He wants one person, but I mean, I'm glad to take more people with me. I'll throw it out $20 right now. Keep keep this in mind, too. For the GoFundMe page, I will not... I mean, it's not only just... We have to replicate all the conditions. So not only is it plane ticket and stay, I also have to have the same amount of money that I bet on the 16 NBA parlay that I did that night, too. So we also have have to to roll that in. We also have to get you back with your ax. (laughs) Oh, that was... Yeah. Why? That's a a swift kick to the uh, nether region. Thank you for listening to the Pride Detroit POD cast. We are on iTunes and Stitcher. Our main theme was produced by Ryan Shepard. You can find him on Twitter and on SoundCloud at I am Brian Shepard. I A M B R I A N S H E P A R D. Thanks a lot to him. Check out his stuff. He's been great. He gave us Victory Monday. So go check him out. That's I am Brian Shepard. And thank you for everyone who keeps listening and makes us one of the greatest Lions podcasts possible. 
Y'all are awesome. See you star side. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.